Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second part of our two-part series on energy sustainability. Uh, we'll be picking up our conversation where we left off with both Rich and Nicole. It's interesting when you look at the uh, ESG scope one, scope two, scope three, and maybe Nicole can give us a crash course on that. What you described had all of those elements in it. It's the, the primary product. It's the environment around the system to do it. And then it's the full supply chain. And Nicole, what's your thought on that? Because utilities are rich in data, but usually not data for those purposes. Yeah, and, and they need to be or there will be. Uh, if we look at uh, so many different industries in the cancel culture in, in general and looking at how social, social media and uh, access to information has given this uh, capability to actually uh, make huge decisions. We saw that in the, the stock market uh, during uh, the pandemic, how buying power can really change. Uh, but it all boils down to information here. And when it comes to scope one, two, and three, uh, just in case our uh, listeners aren't aware of this, this is developed uh, through the greenhouse gas protocol. Scope one is all of the direct um, emissions a company makes. Um, that's their headquarters, their uh, their purchased uh, vehicles to get to and from uh, the office. Uh, scope two is all of the purchased uh, electricity in utilities that the company uses, including HVAC, so uh, heating, uh, ventilation, and air conditioning is also included in, in scope two. And scope three is about, you know, it could be anywhere from 70 to, to 90% of a business's operations. It's their supply chain, their lease assets, their uh, investments, um, their logistics, uh, pretty much everything. Uh, as I said, it's it's the it's the energy that's used uh, from the suppliers and the vendors and the, all of the other interactions that a company makes. Um, so it, it's um, it's everything that is actually relevant to what's driving ESG. And, and what's driving environmental impact, negative impact. Yeah. So utilities and energy companies, oil and gas and stuff, as we go through this transition, have a, a dual role. They are the, the foundation to somebody else's product. So if they make greener mm -hmm. energy, therefore somebody can claim their steel is greener, therefore that car is greener uh, type of scenario. Yeah. And actually, one of our uh, uh, client partners has actually looking to do use ESG as a differentiator in their competitive electrical market to actually uh, say their electrons, I can prove it, are cleaner than somebody else's. And here's the math to do so. Um, so therefore, by mine than, than theirs. And so there are some first movers uh, that are doing this in this area. But what, how do you see, the, for either one of you, the dichotomy of, um, you know, I'm, I'm a producer of energy, but I'm also rely, I have to report to the people that <laughs> use it uh, how good or bad it is. How do you guys see that? This is about accountability, isn't it? If you're mm -hmm. selling green energy, you need to be able to prove you're selling green energy. Wouldn't you say that? Rich, that that I mean, uh, you you don't want to have uh, well bad actors in this whole process of transitioning to green energy. Are we producing enough green energy? This is another question. I mean, uh, you, you know, Rich mentioned uh, nuclear energy, and, and I know that. Uh, well, I, I'm a fan of nuclear energy. I'll, I'll I'll come out and say that. But the reason why is because uh, it's so abundant, and it's a, a very low carbon, uh, clean uh, source of energy. And until we can scale up 
some of the better solutions, we need to think about the amount and the quantity, you know, the quantity that is required in order to, to run society and in order to make energy affordable. And, and this is a solution that we have today. I'm not saying it's the, the, the end point. I, I just think that it's um, something that we should consider in, in the decision-making process. But yes, it, it boils down to accountability. All of these reporting, the framework when it comes to ESG, why it's so relevant is because we're starting to make financial decisions based off of this non-financial dis- disclosure and information. I, I agree completely. Whether it's accountability or auditability, I think there is absolutely a need for people to have confidence that what they are paying for is what they have contracted for. So being able to trace low carbon energy from production through to use is vitally important. And it's equally important for for us as a consumer of energy and a, and a large consumer of energy through our data centers. And whilst, whilst you were talking, Nicole, I think one of the things that was running through my mind, we are effectively part of our clients' supply chains. And mm. therefore, it should yeah. be no surprise that our clients are looking at us for assurance that what we are doing is environmentally sound, is sustainable, and is ESG compliant. So mm-hmm. I think Globally, our corporate initiative, our corporate commitment to net zero um, is important Mm -hmm. in giving that confidence. In the UK, we've agreed science-based targets in in how Mm -hmm. we are going to achieve net zero. And we've had very, very positive feedback from our clients that we're taking such a proactive stance. Yeah, it's an interesting one uh, because in our conversations with our banking counterparts, I mean, they've, they've, there's a uh, whole portfolio shifting to non to only things that they consider are ESG friendly uh, as things they will finance and fund or invest in. So the financial industry uh, is is almost becoming the policeman, even if regulation isn't there. And um, I know there's a lot of regulation. Rich, you're kind of an expert on regulation, but maybe you could touch a point on <laughs> regulation investment. And I, I think one more subject that you guys brought up and hinted around was gamification. How do you see this all coming into uh, the great idea how we could shift this forward? So kick that over to you that's a bit of a mouthful so the the whole area of finance and the financial risk assessments starting to take account of exposure to to climate risk how sustainable organizations are is going to be very very powerful in my view at driving corporate behaviors and taking this area extremely seriously because ultimately it's going to go to the cost of doing business. It's going to go to the cost of capital. So initiatives at a global level like um, TCFD, the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, the, uh, the work that's going on in, on in Europe on the, the taxonomy, the EU taxonomy, mm-hmm. all, all of these things I think are going to start to, to impact corporate behavior, uh, strategic focus, of organizations and of course if those assessments are to be fair then it brings us back to making sure that those doing the assessments the financial institutions have got access to appropriate data that they can have confidence in that is auditable and traceable and that is actually accurate Mm. Nicole I'd I'd be interested in your thoughts (laughs) yeah 
Um, <laughs> I, I, I 100% agree about the accuracy. I think one of the, the, the challenges that we face today is that, you know, investment firms and the financial institution are basing decisions around their ESG uh, investments uh, coming from the same rating agencies that were part of uh, subprime mortgage disasters. And uh, is that the best solution? Is that the best way to, to, to uptake this new source of data? I'm not quite certain about that, especially because uh, there's no mechanism for validation on, on what companies can disclose in these um, these rating agencies and there's over 200 of them and you know there's over 2000 indicators around ESG alone um, and that that becomes extremely obscure and you almost need a mass litigation just to understand it not only uh, sustainability and ESG controllers and experts but also those that um, that know how to weed through a massive amount of data um, and information and um, if we look at the the relevance to it, when in regards to taxonomy, I mean, they've gotten smart in the sense that they are chasing the money trail first. The accountability starts from uh, the financial sector and looking at the investments that uh, the banking industry makes and that um, other financial institutions make, and seeing you know just how dense uh, it is in terms of environmental impact. And that's an important start. Um, I see it. it obviously trending along the way going into uh, other parts of the globe but we have to remember that it it is also relevance if we look at uh, india for instance water is at the top of priority whereas uh, in europe we we are talking a lot about greenhouse gas emissions so it's also understanding regional relevance in in all of this uh, conversation and and it boils down to risks uh, and, and and risk probability, risk you know predictions, and, and how how do we you know use mechanisms of analytics and, and business intelligence to be able to to measure these risks and and make uh, decisions before they happen um, and, and and preventative in that case. But I yeah, totally I mean, agree with you on that. Yeah, I had a conversation yeah. with our guys that do risk management, and they want yeah. to do another seminar, another event, um, having nothing to do with traditional oil and gas and utility risks. Of it. Will it will it burn? Yeah. Will it will it not run? Um, and so on. And it has everything to do around uh, uh, financial ESG risk management because that's now one of the new areas they're starting to consult people on. That's another area that is needing to be added. I don't know that that everybody has that on their portfolio. Rich, do you see this being a, a point of conversation with your clients? I think I think it's starting and increasingly becoming one. Um, certainly, from what we're seeing, both from the UK government in terms of their demanding this as a pre-qualification for bidding for contracts, but also our clients asking much more searching questions um, about us as a supply chain partner and what our approaches are to this question. So, so the short answer is probably yes. <laughs> I, I have we we got a little we got a little dark and deep on that part. So let's shift to uh, more of a fun thing, right? Game theoretic That's principle. Like, yeah, game theory is the economic uh, macroeconomic theory, Nobel Prize winning economic math uh, math theory about you know. Um, 
we can never guarantee what our opponents are doing. We have multiple stakeholders and opponents, and there are multiple uh, scenarios that can occur, and we need to hedge our bets. That I think the key takeaway when you connect sustainability and game theoretic principle is looking at, you know, we can never guarantee what our competitors are going to do. We need to be aware of what we're doing and, and, and understand our operations uh, much more clear na- now than ever. I mean, we talk a lot about the differentiation between decentralization and centralization. Well, there's been a lot of greenwashing around this area because companies have decentralized so much that they don't know what the left arm is doing and the right foot. You know, it's it's all over the place. Uh, and that is uh, that has now come to light. This is one of the biggest trends is that, you know, as a Gen Zer might say, like, show me the receipts. And that means that, like, uh, if you're going to say something, you need to prove it. And you need to prove it, not just from what you say, but also uh, the data around that, that kind of validates what you say around sustainability, around uh, interact, uh, an operation, what, what the, the activity is that a company does. Um, and this will play a, a huge part because uh, the more granular we get on our buying power, and I don't know how, how it works for you, but I, I see in, in, in Sweden here uh, in Stockholm, it's very particular about origins of things. You, you want to know exactly where your meat comes from, in what region. You want to know uh, where your dairy comes from. And, and now, I think it's also in part EU legislation, but you will know exactly where all of your produce and everything comes from, uh, as well as your, your, your consumer products. So if, if we get down to that granular of a level and that expectation of society, um, we will need to eventually provide like almost like a nutrition facts uh, to our consumers and our businesses uh, in terms of environmental and social impact. And we are now in the phase where uh, greenwashing has happened quite a lot in the last uh, 10 years. And now it needs to be mitigated by one uh, regulation and two, being able to prove that you're not doing it. And, and this is where data really plays its part. And then action, actionable, you know, how do we utilize this data in the best way to lower things? But when it comes to game theoretic principle, it's always that, you know, we see big companies making divestments around carbon um, and they need to be asking themselves, is this the best solution? Because their competitor might come in and sweep up and buy whatever they divested and do a worse job than the company who divested did. We need to look at it on a long-term perspective and, and be really smart about it and not just look at the the whole entire, oh, the utilities industry is emitting this much. Uh, we need to get rid of everything all at once. It doesn't work that way. It needs to be gradual and it needs to be responsible uh, in the way that we make these decisions economically. We mustn't forget economy is a big important part good thoughts on that and maybe some final thoughts as we wrap up here yeah i i agree i I think there's a a couple of interesting things flow flow out of what what nicole has has talked about there one is our response as individuals and who we want to who we choose to give our money to for buying services or for buying products and that ultimately goes to organizations' reputation 
our trust in them and how do they prove that how do they secure that trust and that comes down to being able to evidence it which brings us back and brings us full circle to to data and having confidence in the in the regulation that that data mm. is accurate is giving an accurate representation of the impact of those those organizations so i think i think there is a, a piece here around us as consumers our expectations um, our behaviors but also what that's going to mean in terms of increasing importance of organizations reputations in order to to secure our business hmm. cool very uh, good how would point. you respond to that and uh, maybe some wrap-up yeah. thoughts from you i think that's an excellent point i mean and, and in part reputation is also a company's responsibility to their employees. We look at utilities companies, we look at oil and gas, they have a huge responsibility of employment of an enormous amount of people globally. And if we put pressure to to do everything on the UN SDG charts, they're not going to hit all marks. Uh, No company really can hit all marks. But what I think that companies can do to become more modernized and better companies is to know what they're doing, to provide data uh, to that that is transparent enough, but carefully, and 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 really and say like, okay, this is how we operate. Uh, we are we are on our way to becoming more clean. You know, continuous improvement, and you know. If I were to give advice to to our clients and, and 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 the audience, is that you know you should know what your competitors are doing in terms of the sphere of sustainability and ESG. You should keep up with that pace. You shouldn't be far behind. You should either be leading or with the pack. Uh, keep up with regulation and look at the risks that are related to this because there are a great deal of risks that are connected to uh, assets and to revenue. So just to look at it from a different perspective and not hold on to any, you know, every trending ideology that comes up, uh, because that's where the obscurity occurs. You need to remember what is relevant for a company and what a company has uh, can do and, and, and has uh, no actionable way to do. So that's my, my wrap up and advice to, uh, to take away from this. Well, thank you for that. Uh, for, thank you to both of you. And I think that uh, I, I heard a, a, a quote the other day, the difference between ethical and moral. Uh, ethics is knowing what's right and wrong. Morality is doing it. <laughs> and <laughs> as companies go into this new world uh, and their brand, their association, their end product as it goes into the supply chain, uh, their morality on how they approach this honest, honestly and openly is going to be a key one. And, and all the things about data and risk that we discussed today are going to be key factors. So I'd like to thank you both. Wrap it up there. And we will talk to you all again on the next one. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.